0: There was a woman who lived across the street from us who had come from the same area of the West Indies. Mm. And sometimes she would pick me up from school and, you know, she'd say that, you know, I would be a great golfer or whatever because she played (laughs) golf.
1: She was like such a pro golfer. Was that her like extending an olive branch? Like you'll make a great golfer one day.
0: Maybe. (laughs) Maybe.
1: Hi, I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where I coarse grind my latent femme energy into cold-brewed justice. Do you like that? Uh, that's right. Every episode of You Made Me Queer, I invite a hilarious guest on, and together we point the finger of blame at who and or what is responsible for the both venial and mortal sin of making us queer. How are you? Welcome back. It is Thursday, which means it is episode day. It is also April 1st. So happy April Fool's Day. If you are a French speaking person, joyeux poisson d'avril, which is like April fish, basically. Did you know that? Did you know in Culture Corner that in some French speaking countries, people slap? paper fish on one another's back as a prank and you walk around with a paper fish on your back all day that is the extent of the activity and i like that i don't think it's a covid friendly activity so what could we do instead can i throw a fish at you from two meters away or six feet if you are non-metric that's up to you that's out of my hands let's let the politicians decide I have some news to share with you. A few things. First of all, Critty, one name Critty, who wrote and performed our incredible theme song, has uh, been slowly chipping away at some new audio clips for the show. So you're going to hear them kind of gradually creeping in over the next little while. There is one in today's episode. Can you find it? Listen carefully for (laughs) this delicious... A little piece of music written by Critty. Again, you can find all of Critty's music at LavenderBruisers.bandcamp.com. Also, yesterday was International Trans Visibility Day. Uh, So we talked already in the show before about how trans people are responsible for so much of the activism that has led to equity and equality for other queer people, even though they often do not equitably benefit from this progress, especially trans folk who are black or people of color. I think one of the best ways to show support on a day like this, rather than like and share an Instagram post, which is fun too, is if you are in a position to exchange power or money, which is sometimes the same thing, uh, to trans people or trans benefiting organizations. So I'm sure you have one in your area you can find to give it a quick Google search. If you are totally not sure where to go, one that I can recommend is Trans Lifeline, uh, a trans-run organization that provides peer support for the trans community. They are at translifeline.org. You can donate on their page very easily. You Made Me Queer has made a donation uh, to support them in honor of International Trans Visibility Day, and you should too. Okay, so today is episode nine. My guest this week is a very, very funny person, who I discovered via the fact that we were both crowned Best New Queer Podcast of 2021 by Yo Homo, uh, an honor that we shared. And I was very excited to discover my guest, Ariane Tong. Ariane is a host, writer, and producer of the podcast Group Therapy, where, and this is from their blurb, health, culture, and comedy intersect. They said it couldn't be done. Ariane Tong intersected it. Uh, She's also the host of the variety show Girl Gang Cabaret. This is when uh, a global pandemic had not halted our world as we knew it. Um, I'm sure it will be back in various other forms. She is a stand-up comedian who has performed all over the place. You can watch some very funny bits that she does on YouTube and on her website. She's also a writer for The Beaverton, which is kind of like Canada's version of The Onion. Get into it. Oh yeah, and one more thing to mention, obviously we curse on this podcast, so it's probably not uh, child-friendly, you might say, but I did want to let you know that today's episode has some slight descriptions of sex acts, so if you have any people in the room who are uncomfortable with said descriptions, I wanted to give you fair warning to usher them out. Perhaps uh, put on some large headphones over top of their ears playing soothing ocean sounds while we describe said sex acts so that they will not hear about them. I don't think it's vulgar per se. Well, one part is a little bit. Anyway, you've been warned, uh, choose your own adventure, as they say. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the wonderful, the hilarious, the accommodating, Arianne, You You told me you were going to look rough and you look like cute and chic.
0: I threw on a little bit of lipstick, so it goes a long way. I was
1: like a bit of a dark lip situation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My mom is like old fashioned and she would not let me leave the house without wearing lipstick when I was younger. So now it's just like ingrained. It's like at least if you do anything, put on lipstick and we'll be fine
1: good as gold. That's right. That's (laughs) right. It's like clothes and lipstick. As for myself, I'm not wearing lipstick. But before getting on this call, I threw a handful of cinnamon hearts into my mouth.
0: (laughs) So you're on fire, baby. I am
1: on. I'm feeling the sugar and cinnamon rush. (laughs) As I've reached sort of the latter half of my 30s, and I will not say specifically which year, (laughs) I've gravitated more towards old people candies. So I'm very much like a hard, dusty, sweet.
0: Werther's. Yes. Yeah. That's great. I I I couldn't agree more. Uh, I've always been on that vibe, so I'm glad to have you join me.
1: Are you a hard candy girl?
0: I love it, but I'm not... Okay, so this can be taken sexually or not, but I'm not like a... I'm not a sucker, you know what I mean? Like, I don't like to wait. I'm very impatient, so what happens is that I just usually end up eating so much more because I just, I just chew and then I'm done in like two seconds. But I'm like, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So.
1: I'm the same. I like Tootsie Pop is one of my go-tos. Like if I'm going around on a summer bike ride, I've just got the Tootsie Pop. But maybe, yeah, I would say I get maybe five minutes out of it before I have chewed the whole thing. Right. I mean, what are you going to do? Life is short, especially now. It's too short.
0: Yeah. You, you basically just have to take every day
1: as it comes. <laughs> That's so beautiful.
0: Uh, and just hope for the best. Yeah, have have zero expectations because it can just be taken away in a dash.
1: <laughs> if we've learned nothing else, <laughs> it's that. Yes. But you're on the Toronto Island right now, right? I am on Toronto Island. Have you fled humanity? What's this about? Yes.
0: Well, in, in a way, it's so that my partner won't kill me for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for being so annoying uh, and just, we live in like the stand standard toronto apartment which is like i don't know like 500 400 square feet i have no idea how many square feet but it's too little for two
1: people (laughs) it's like the size of a honda civic exactly exactly
0: (laughs) trevor so i'm just i'm I'm on a little bit of an artist retreat right now i'm as you can see behind me and i'll describe to the viewers there's some jokes Mm -hmm. some freshly written
1: jokes back there arian just gestured to it's a bulletin board with red strings going all over it from (laughs) pictures of different people I am a
0: crazy person. I've also got really good at watching forensic files throughout this. So um, yeah, I am a amateur sleuth
1: at the moment. Are you a true crimer? I
0: enjoy trying to figure out who it is. Uh, that's what I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. But obviously not the crime bit of it. I'm just like, <laughs> I have a hard time with my love of the genre because it's like, yes, it's interesting. But at the same time, it's like people have died. People have literally died for this to be a genre. So I'm like, got to tread on, um, tread lightly.
1: I know what you mean. It, it approaches the line because I am, I would say I'm someone who's interested in true crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, it's like the, I've heard people describe it very eloquently, mm-hmm. which makes me feel better, which is like, you know, looking at the darkest parts of humanity and trying to find structure in it or catharsis through the apprehension of these people, mm-hmm. which is what I'm sticking to and not just some animal part of me that wants uh, to watch. Watch it all go down in flames.
0: Oh, no. I Yeah. So I agree with that where it's like I enjoy seeing how they got caught yes. and I, I enjoy the um, like people getting their comeuppance. I hate seeing something where like it's not resolved at the end, like Unsolved Mysteries. <sighs> Go fuck yourselves, okay? Like, honestly, <laughs> like, you can't just build it up. That's their whole shtick. Yeah. You can't just build it all up and then just let me, like, wonder, like, did I meet this person? Like, can't, come on.
1: It's messed up. And it seems a bit like, like, you're a writer and you you produce a lot of media. <laughs> so, like, it does seem like unfinished work mm-hmm. where at the end they're like, We got this far. If you know how it ends, can you please call (laughs) us because we're stuck?
0: Yeah. uh, You know what, Trevor? It's just lazy. It's just lazy work. It's just
1: lazy. If
0: you don't know the ending, just make it up yourself, okay? Let some people sweat. (laughs) That's right. Insinuate. I want an ending. I want you to tell me who you think it is. And then we'll start a Twitter campaign. And then we'll get that person thrown in jail is is the ending that I want.
1: I think that sounds great. I don't know too much about the legal system. <laughs> but I don't imagine that would ruffle too many feathers.
0: <laughs> you know what, that's basically how life goes right now. It's like Twitter decides, Reddit decides that's right. who gets investigated or not. Like, that's just the world
1: up to a certain point, <laughs> And then it's full on the Coliseum where it's like, it's either you or you. So we're going to put you into this pit and watch you cage match to one of you dies. A hundred percent. And I'm here for it.
0: Honestly, we've gone back to the old days, and you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm not in the pit.
1: No, get me in that VIP, a bit of bottle service, I'll watch it.
0: I'm collecting every receipt I have, like, <laughs> if only to prove that I did not commit murder. So... I'm never going to be in that pit. You mean you got to live a clean life? Do you mean
1: like the <laughs> the receipts are alibis? Yes,
0: hundred uh, percent. You have to keep a paper trail.
1: Okay, so you're like, no, I was at dollar store that night buying a hairbrush. I was not anywhere else.
0: A hundred percent. And you have to wear something that is distinctive about you, so that people remember your face. <laughs> That's, That's why I always wear bright red lipstick so that people will say that person with the amazing lipstick that I saw, she was there. I definitely remember that. That's also the benefit of wearing lipstick.
1: Maybe I'll start doing it too. <laughs> it's a good argument to brand yourself because then, yeah, if you're really one of a kind, you're not going to get mistaken for the axe murderer down the street.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Listen up, millennials. Get that on your TikTok.
0: We need to start our own true crime. Let's do it. <laughs> We're Let's... only like five minutes in and we've, we've already discovered that this is the next project for us. <laughs> no, you
1: know what? The time feels right. The groundwork is there. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, us solving crimes or insinuating about who committed crimes. But what about this? Because you said lipstick is the answer to a lot of things, yeah. if I understand uh-huh. correctly. So if I start wearing lipstick full time, it can be a sort of lipstick. Yes. There's something there. Oh,
0: we could do something like femme fatale, like yes. something along those lines, something catchy, but also sassy at the same time. Yeah. I'm loving it.
1: And I wear a lot of toques. So I think this is, this is becoming a bit of a parent trap. Sort of. I do look like I'm about twin thing. to
0: like go solve crime, like like Harriet the Spy, ask like undercover. You do. I I would be like currently on the island. I'll be like island crime hunters or something. Yes. Like it's like only one of three people because there's only three people on the <laughs> island
1: right now. <laughs> on Toronto Island, yeah, it's a very small pool of culprits every time. Yeah, maybe a cat. So why don't we move move that straight into the reason you're here today, which Amazing. is speaking maybe about true crime and sort of the evil conspiratorial forces at work that we are not aware of until it's too late until you know the the person with the red lips has axe murdered us. So one of those things that we did not know was the predator in our lives was queerness, of course. The
0: call was coming from inside the house the whole The time. call
1: was coming from inside the house. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. We were using <laughs> rotary phones. How were we to? Can't trace that shit. So anyway, the point is now we know and now we're adults and we have microphones of our own. So we can say whatever we want. And a lot of the time that's angry. So I want to give <laughs> you an opportunity to <laughs> unleash the call for reparations on who and what was responsible. So, Ariane, <laughs> what made you queer?
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, what made me queer is... A combination of things, which I'm sure that lots of your other guests have have kind of tried to parse out during their their time on this show, looking back in retrospect, I don't know how I did not know that I was queer for so long. uh I think that it was just willful ignorance at a certain point, for example, I was going through my family albums with my mom uh, not too long ago, and looking at pictures of myself. And I'm thinking, like, this is a lesbian. Like, this is (laughs) – I don't know how you thought that this girl was going to one day just have, like, her happily ever after with some, like, crazy – debonair like prince like down the line like th- they were constantly trying to like figure out when I was going to get my first boyfriend or like you know kind of like making comments like that.
1: Uh uh-huh. And where did you grow up? Do you have any other siblings too? Yes
0: yeah, so I, I might as well have been an only child just because I'm <laughs> 10 years older than my little brother and 10 years younger than my oh. older brother so like we all are kind of like spaced out in time we all exist as our own individual people but we don't necessarily have Um, we haven't had the closeness of like, you know, people growing up at the same time. You know what I mean? Right now, we're all basically adults. So this is when this is our time to shine, basically. We've all become like (laughs) great adults together.
1: Right. So you were kind of growing up, going through those early years by yourself.
0: Exactly. So I, and as such, and having no template for what a queer person looks like, we never talked about it in our family, As far as I knew, I didn't have any other, you know, Examples of what a lesbian was. I had a gunkle, a gay uncle, and he was so amazing and um, always entertaining at every family event. But it was still kind of like a niche thing, right?
1: But was he an out gunkle? Like as a child, did you know him as gay? Yes.
0: So I knew that, you know, we loved him and everybody loved him. But it was like, you know, in Caribbean culture, West Indian culture, it's not, it's still not like amazing to be gay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like the overall. Arching uh, narrative, uh, and you know most places in the West Indies and other places in that area are, you know, it's still illegal to be queer. So it's not, you know, we can say that, you know, we were accepted and all these things, but I can just imagine how hard it was for my uncle to be out and like to have come out when he was younger and stuff. So
1: God, yeah. Did he come out in Canada? Or was he born in the West Indies?
0: Yeah, uh, he was born in the West Indies. and And I, as far as we have known, like he, he's pretty much always been <laughs> been uh you know here and queer and uh you know being himself which is like pretty amazing to be mm-hmm. in a place you know like Iana and like at the time with the attitudes and stuff so oh, yeah like good for him for for coming out and, and stuff like that I I just like never had the conversation though like I didn't know what it would be like to do it myself,
1: sure, yeah. At
0: any point, and and I was, you know, I was born here, so I'm con- a first generation Canadian, mm-hmm. and I went to Catholic school, so I had no freaking clue.
1: No, oh God, of course they barely even told you what your own body was. Exactly, let alone, exactly. Yeah, no so, hope. me too. We're survivors.
0: Yeah, we're survivors <laughs> of the Catholic uh, Catholic guilt, <laughs> Catholic uh, education system. <laughs> like, it it was just a, a time, and. I feel like I just sort of, you know, did a lot of what, you know, a lot of us do is just we internally like sort of shut it down, repress it. Uh, We accumulate an incredible amount of internalized homophobia, Mm -hmm. even though like we, you know, we say that we're okay with people who are gay, but we're just like, oh, but I, I couldn't be gay or like bullshit stuff like that, that makes you, you know, it doesn't, it, you, you rationalize it and, and stuff. So mm-hmm. it wasn't until mm-hmm. I started going to therapy and like had moved out, had started my life uh, away from my family that I was like able to explore, you know, myself, uh, as a human being, it just sort of like all sprang from there. And then I eventually, I felt more comfortable coming out, but, um, there's a whole bunch of like, experiences I had growing up that I was like, am I gay? (laughs)
1: Yeah. So I want to know what those are. So interestingly enough, it sounds like Gunkle didn't make you queer. Yeah. Because even though Gunkle was around, Mm -hmm. and I really like saying that word. Yeah. um, Because that wasn't maybe fully contextualized or it was just like, oh, that's him. But that's obviously not me. There's no connection point. So that didn't really serve to do anything.
0: I think that if I had a gay aunt, yes. like I would have had more questions and I would have like, you know, wouldn't have been a big deal. Like, I, cause she would have already blazed the trail for me. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But having to, cause yeah, it's not the same thing necessarily. And, uh, you know, the attitudes of the lesbians or the, the presumed lesbians in the West Indian community that I could I could tell growing up uh, I know that there was there was two examples there was a woman who lived across the street from us who had come from the same area of the West Indies mm. and sometimes she would pick me up from school and you know she'd say that you know I would be a great golfer or whatever because she played <laughs> golf
1: she was like such a pro was, golfer was that her like extending an olive branch like, maybe you know, great golfer one day
0: I'm just like did she know? I'm just like, I want to ask her. I'm just like, <laughs> did you have gaydar? And you were just like, this little kid's gay as fuck. I'm gonna like, <laughs> I'm gonna like right. uh, drop breadcrumbs so that she figures it out.
1: <laughs> Golf is a pretty safe breadcrumb, yeah. Yeah.
0: She just like uh, You know. encouraged me to do sports and stuff and I was like, yeah, I like sports. I'm like this kid who like, basically, I look the same way as I did back then basically. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just sort of like a tomboy uh-huh. uh, type look. And um, yeah, so that was my one example of a presumed lesbian, uh, who I found out was an actual lesbian. And then uh, my other example was uh, somebody in our family friend circle who, you know, was into motorcycles and was like, you know, doing presumed men's activities. And even the mention of me riding a motorcycle. My dad shut it down like right away. And he's just like, that's like a masculine thing. Like, so my dad is like, you know, he's, he was a pussycat. Like he, I don't think right now, like in retrospect, like, I don't think that he would have had an issue with me coming out. I was more afraid of my mom, Mm. but you know, there was a certain line that it was like, you know, you were kind of ridiculed if you showed more masculine tendencies or whatever. And, you know, I perceived it whenever I would Whenever I would be myself, which is a little bit more masculine than the average gal, like Mm -hmm. I would see – my, my family or something like make a make a comment about it or or something you know so yeah. it's like i don't want to be the odd one out you know like i just want to be accepted so it's like you kind of learn to like shut yourself off at a certain point
1: right i understand what you mean make the little choices yeah. that you see they're going to approve of or smile about
0: exactly and yeah i just i just followed suit uh for for a while uh so like those were examples so i would kind of like learned to uh, modify myself for for a really long time, mm-hmm. uh, but I definitely had crushes on girls and like specifically my best friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is where it gets juicy.
1: <laughs> Do tell.
0: That, okay. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like a like that big of a secret because I feel like everyone <laughs> kind of you know knows or has assumed uh, by now that it's like when you're not out, everything feels more intense than it actually is. Oh yeah. So. Every female friendship that I had that I was like, you know, I had a strong best friend relationship with. I have built up in my mind and there's like, there's literal diaries full of lesbian fan fiction for every best friend that I've had before, before I came out.
1: Those need to be released. There's an audience for those. And I
0: will make everyone pay for them because it's (laughs) good stuff. It's golden. You'll find it on my Patreon one day. (laughs) So basically, yeah, I, I think that those feelings sort of found themselves in those best friend relationships and, you know, now I've sort of come to understand that. What I'm looking for in a partner or what I was looking for in a partner was a best friend. Mm-hmm. So Somebody who was, you know, you could share your life with type thing.
1: Did you ever vocalize anything or like were there any like cuddly sleepovers? I was
0: too scared, Trevor. Oh, so there was nothing. I was nothing. too scared. But it almost happened in high school a couple times where oh. I was like... It feels tense. Like I feel like this is an opportunity and I feel like I'm not grasping it or I'm too scared, you know, like, so I, I, I just didn't feel confident in myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't feel like, I just felt like a little, like a nerdy kid. Like I didn't feel like I could do anything about it, you know, like. Uh
1: Did you know it was attraction? Like, I've spoken to some people who are like, I didn't realize I had a crush on them. I just, for some reason, always wanted to touch their arm or brush their hair or something.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, No, I knew that it was a crush. I knew that it was
1: like... You were like, get over here. (laughs)
0: I was like, torn apart. I was... You know, all my feelings were, like, built up into this, like, melodramatic thing where, you know, if I wasn't going to be with them, I wasn't going to fall in love ever again type thing. And, like, just feeling so upset every time they brought up, like, that they were going out with a guy or something. And I'm just like, damn it. Why can't I be the one that you love? Don't you know? (laughs) You're tearing me apart. (laughs) 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 I was just, you know, I was was just naive, I think. and, And just not comfortable enough to reveal who I was or mm. what I was feeling mm-hmm. uh, and just sort of hoping, hoping that things would work themselves out and it would always work itself out in that they were not gay. <laughs> they
1: were not interested. Right. The one maybe. resolution you could depend on.
0: Yeah. I mean like in high school, I always think back to like this one instance where uh, one of my best friends told me that they were bisexual and mm-hmm. I just sat there. I was just like, Cool. and I thought and now every time I look back I'm just like that was a definite invitation to like either reveal that you also were bisexual and were interested but I just like let it linger and I was just like great pal
1: oh no do you think they had a crush on you and that was their moment
0: I don't know maybe maybe Maybe. but this person was always more like dating guys and and stuff like Mm -hmm. and I was just I, I actually don't know. Like maybe I've always wondered, like I've always thought about like asking, but I'm just like, what's the point? We've already both gone on with our lives and like I don't care. Yeah,
1: what would that change? Although, uh person, <laughs> if you are listening and you recognize Ariana in this situation, slide into those DMs and let her know.
0: <laughs> yes, but also my girlfriend currently Reads those DMs, so be
1: careful. Okay, okay, (laughs) okay, never mind. But
0: yeah, answer though, because I'm like actually just curious. Or
1: email the show, youmademequeer at gmail.com, and I will pass the answer on confidentially to (laughs) (laughs) Ariane. There we go.
0: Yeah, that's juicy. I like that. I like the middleman.
1: Okay, so we've got some high school uh, misconnections. So up until this point, nothing is making you queer, it sounds like.
0: (sighs) Okay, so uh, we have some best friend situations. We have you know, I was convinced that I was like gay for specific people. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I had convinced myself that it was only like a few specific individuals and it was just kind of like a one-off. And then like I met the most recent best friend I had before I came out. Uh And I was like, like this one is going to break me. Oh, no. So like, I actually just like, I, I basically just like went to my therapy session one day and I'm just like, listen, like this is the situation. I hadn't talked about any, any of this with my therapist prior to this, but I was just like, this is just too much. I feel like I'm building it up in my head because it's like, you know, I'm getting signals, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't really think she's gay either. And like, I don't, you know, we work together and it's like even more intense because we work together and I see her every single day. And like, I just like, I just, like, love everything that she's about. Like, I love the personality, just everything, and I don't know what to do. And so she just basically told me to, like, explore those feelings and, like, you know, not consider myself, you know, just closed off to the future of ending up with a man at some point, and like having the generic template of what people tell you your your life is supposed to be. Like, just open it up a little bit. Like, why can't you have the same things with a woman that you've imagined or people have imagined for you with a man, basically?
1: And d- did that feel okay? Or did that blow your mind?
0: It blew my actual <laughs> mind. And I know that it's not, I know that It sounds really simple, but when you're in the situation and like you've just been convincing yourself over and over again that, you know, you're a certain way and you build up your identity and uh, you just want to be liked and accepted by the people you love in your life and just people in general, like, you know, I know that it's a harder life to be queer, you know, like it's not as cookie cutter, like you have to, you know, really try to find a great partner. You have to try to, you know, make yourself understood by other people. Mm -hmm. You have to, you know, there's all these other things that you don't think about when you're presenting as straight or like living a a straight life. And, you know, that's okay too, if you're actually straight, but if you are (laughs) not straight, like... You know, you're just making life. You're just turning away from, you know, the the reality of what it is. You like, you're basically in denial, which I was.
1: Oh yeah, and then you're just like a like a. Sh- I'm doing a weird motion. It's like a shaken <laughs> bottle. That's like yeah. it's gonna explode at some point. It's like the yeah, the beer can.
0: Exactly, and exactly. I so that did blow my mind that somebody in the form of my therapist gave me permission to think about things in another way and. To make me aware of the fact that I had internalized homophobia that I didn't know about and I had no idea about that and I felt really gross afterwards where it was like, why is it okay for somebody else to be gay but I'm so scared of it and I would never want to be gay right now? Like, what that is so wrong to be saying that I have gay friends and... Am I really an ally if I wouldn't put myself in that position? You know, what's so bad? But you
1: know what? I think that's really common. That was my experience too. Where And it's funny because I went to music theater school, but I had to come out twice because I came out, mm-hmm. oh, actually when I was around 17. And I was like, great. Yeah. I'm so comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. And people would say, oh my God, we had no idea that you were gay. And my response would be, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, whoa, the alarms go off. Yeah. But then later mm-hmm. I realized, like, oh, like, why would you ever perceive that as a compliment? And then mm-hmm. coming from Catholic school, the enormous internalized homophobia. Exactly. So I get it.
0: Yeah. So you just have to, you know, rethink all those things. You know, like as we said the in the beginning that the call was coming from inside the house and like you <laughs> don't true. know. And I think that it's just so poignant today where it's like everyone thinks that they're right and the the way that they think is right, but the way that you think can be totally wrong and can you can be so much happier if you just admit that there is another way and it's probably, you know, better
1: better for everyone that you just live your own truth, you know? So did your therapist make you queer?
0: My therapist kind of made me queer.
1: Okay, so blame number one.
0: Yeah, um, blame number one is uh, my first therapist was so fucking hot too. I was just like <laughs> not c- truly comfortable like revealing any of that at first because I'm just like she's so hot, she's gonna know that she's so hot and like I'm attracted by,
1: <laughs> to my therapist. You need like a <laughs> side therapist to talk about your exactly main with? Okay. exactly
0: and uh, truly just like i've been in love with every therapist that i've had since just because like being like able to talk and not being interrupted is the hottest thing ever on its own like it's just so great and so rare and it's so rare Everyone just must be just jizzing for their therapist, like, all over the place. Like, if you're not, you'd have the wrong therapist. (laughs) That's
1: true. If you don't want to sleep with your therapist, I hope mine isn't listening. But if you don't want to sleep with your therapist, you need a new therapist. You've heard it from us.
0: hundred percent. They know what they get up to. They know what the job is
1: actually about.
0: God, they must lead the most amazing sex lives. Like, I... (laughs) I just have to speculate, but anyways, I digress from our conversation. Yes, okay, back to you. <laughs> um, so yeah, my my blame number one is that my first therapist, uh, who led me on this path, uh, made me gay uh, by making me question myself, and uh, that was great. And eventually, I had to move on because uh, she moved with her husband and new child to New Brunswick. So selfish. Yes. I, I will never forgive her for that, but it's fine. Uh, so I have a, I have other blames. Okay. Who else do I have to blame? Oh, I have. Sorry, my my voice cracked for some weird mm-hmm. weird reason. But it's okay. okay. It's getting so emotional, my second. I understand. It's getting so emotional. <laughs> uh, my second blame is the graphic novel Fun Home. <gasps> I don't know if you've read it.
1: I I read Fun Home (laughs) about a month ago, so I'm fresh. Hit me. Okay,
0: so Fun Home, uh, for your your listeners, uh, was a graphic novel written by the prolific Alison Bechdel, who is the, you know, the creator or, I don't know, the uh, person behind the Bechdel test, which is what movies are... I don't know. You could do a whole episode on that. I'm sure, a and lot I'm not. About that. Uh, Google it. I don't know yeah. about the rules. Yes, ha, Google
1: it. I think it's the Bechdel test is basically if two w- female identifying characters are in a film and they don't talk about a man, it passes the Bechdel test.
0: Yes, exactly. And it's
1: very rare. Yeah,
0: super <laughs> rare, and everything. We still got to work. Ways to go, but uh, she wrote a graphic novel about her home life, past experiences, how it intertwines with, uh, you know, her presence and her relationship with her dad and all this stuff, her coming out and everything. And I am so fucking upset that I didn't Read it in university because it was on my syllabus, but I had so much reading to do that I was just like, I gotta cut one of these things out. So, Fun Home what didn't did you make study? the list. Like
1: gender and sexuality, or, or? I was
0: in a, a graphic novel class for English, oh, uh, and they were just like, Yeah, so it w- made it in there, but I did not have the time to read. So, I was just like, Fun Home, get out of here. I'm not, I mean, the cover was like, it wasn't as engaging as the other one. So, I was just like, You know what? I'm just gonna move on. Mm-hmm. And then I read it maybe 6 years later which is when i like was for like coming out and i was just like what if i had just read this in oh, university like I could have just maybe come out 6 years early. Like maybe
1: I don't know, and but What about that what about that was the catalyst for you feeling more comfortable or coming out?
0: I think that it was just seeing how cool she <laughs> she was and like how like amazing her her art is. I I loved like the writing style, I loved her style of memoir and how she was able to make it just like s- super engaging and realistic, like what a realistic account of coming out as a lesbian is. Yeah, and I just feel like we don't see a lot of it in pop culture. Like a lot of le- uh, a lot of references to lesbians in pop culture uh-huh. are just absolute garbage, to be honest with you. R- like
1: written by straight men a lot of the ex- time.
0: Exactly, and just uh, I am just I don't even have words to describe how unimpressed I, I am. Like even now. Even to this day, like I know that we're seeing a lot more lesbian representation in film, but I don't know if you've noticed a pattern. But there are definite like ways to to improve. Like a lot of the characters are, for example, chasing Amy. Okay, mm-hmm. she she just can't resist the charms of Ben Affleck. Uh, you know, uh, Orange is a New Black. Like great, you know, good for lesbian lesbians uh good for <laughs> Good for
1: lesbians uh
0: but at the same time like they're, we're seen in jail like we're not we're not like ceos of a company or like doing like great things you know what i mean like mm-hmm. perception is everything what's another one heavenly creatures when i was uh younger
1: oh is that kate winslet
0: yes yeah, yeah. and some other girl i don't know yeah. they're lesbians and they commit murder oh, um what else the new movie. I care a lot. Lesbians steal from grandma and then commit try to commit murder like not great people.
1: It's like a weird sort of like I think with women specifically because I'm thinking of uh, Thelma and Louise and I know I don't believe there are lesbians in that story. But it's this sort of like mm-hmm. women if two women are together without a man, it's because they're in a pact. To cause some shit.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's why they needed a man around to, you know, cool (laughs) things down.
0: (laughs) To cool things down, or else they get too emotional. (laughs) That's right. Their cycles are synchronizing. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Yeah, I just don't. I don't like that, and I'm very interested whenever I see gay people in general in a role. In what way they're being represented? Like if they are dying off immediately, or if they're just here to serve as like a prop for the main character or something like yes. I- I'm just ready to have. And I think the world is ready to have main characters that are gay. You know, you don't have to make the whole story about them being gay. You can do something else. Oh my God, you right? can, yes. yeah, you can uh, humanize them. Us, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like you can you can do other things like have some imagination.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you're a writer, right? TV writer. Hire Ariane, people. If you're listening, she wants to shake up your writer's room and uh, (laughs) make your lesbian slightly less evil, possibly.
0: Thank you. I I will be your resident lesbian consultant.
1: (laughs) You need one in every business.
0: I will do a great job. Yeah, 100%. I'll be that token. I don't mind being the token. (laughs)
1: Give me that token money. 100%. No, I hear you. So to go back to Fun Home, because I agree. Mm -hmm. I mean, one thing I love about it, it really is kind of a broad stroke of queerness too, because of the father and some other things. I really related to a lot of the characters in the story. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like for you, it was work you could imagine creating, and it was an author you could imagine becoming. Does that sound right?
0: 100%. Yeah, I I definitely identified with her and the experiences of her growing up and not feeling like you quite fit in. And there was something off, but you didn't know what it was. And, you know, I, when I read it, I was just like, I wish I put those pieces together. And I wish that I was brave enough to face it head on rather than just, you know, be in this purgatory for so long. And, you know, lesbians, in general are portrayed to be one of two ways, which is either you are butch and you have, you know, your hair short and you know, you're more masculine or you're super femme and guys still want to sleep with you. And, you know, and you know, the butch lesbians think that you're not gay and you have to explain to them that you're whatever. But it's like the, the spectrum is so full of all different kinds of lesbians. And like, I have long hair. I constantly get mistaken for um, a, a straight girl. Uh, sometimes uh, I don't even perceive myself as straight <laughs> at all anymore. Like I'm mm-hmm. technically I'm like highly bisexual, which is just like you have to be an extremely good man to, <laughs> for me to even consider you as an option at all. <laughs> like physically yeah. at this yeah. point. Um, and I think my my partner identifies the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's just like yeah, it's just it's just a wild world where, you know, I don't understand why the polarization needs to exist, like almost in every community. It's like, I know, right, you know, the middle ground exists. (laughs) We're here, we have a strong middle ground.
1: Yeah. And like the majority (laughs) of is the middle ground. It's funny, too, because, right, that representation is so important, especially like as artists, we see that in art which I think a lot of queer people do, even if they're not artists. But the problem is the representation window is so small. Like for gay men, when I was growing up, it was like Mm -hmm. you you died of AIDS in Act One. Or Mm -hmm. if you survived, it's because you were like, you were just always funny. You were like the fairy godmother. And when the main couple got together, you just kind of like faded in the background and your story was over. <laughs> yeah. So those were our two flavors. Or you were like a mask-presenting muscle monster. Yeah. And I don't – I'm not in any of those little Plinko jars. So it took me a while to figure it out too. Yeah,
0: that's, that's why you got to have these podcasts to – you know, clarify that there is multiple little Plinko boxes. There's yes. not just two. There is multiples. We contain multiples, guys.
1: We contain multiples of Plinko.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Someone write that down calligraphy Oh, style. yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, I do have a third uh, to blame okay. for being gay. Okay. Uh, and I know that you are, um, you know, I, I know that – how do I phrase this?
1: Are you about to blame me? No, no, no. I feel attacked. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm about to blame a man. Uh, so I'm uh, just cautioning myself. I'm trying to word it the right way so that they don't feel, they don't all as a collective feel intimidated by mm-hmm. what I'm about to say. Men? Um, yeah. So men in general.
1: They, they can take it.
0: Don't be a snowflake about this, guys. It's <laughs> just my experience. Um, so this is how it is, guys. Not all experiences with men, like some guys feel like uh, very like butthurt when like they are the last one to date a girl before she becomes gay and they like blame themselves and you have to like tell them like, no, it's not you. I was just like always gay and just like not – you know, which is not out, but uh, at the same time, it's like there is a straw that breaks the camel's back. And
1: so, this is the straw. You're about to blame the straw. Yeah.
0: So, so the straw is that I was, I was like on a, a road of self discovery, and I was still sleeping with some guys. I'm like, I got sexual appetites. Like, I mean, like I still got to get some. Like, I still got to like you mm-hmm. know drain the pipes. Like, I, uh, as they say, I, I can say with certainty that I've never slept with a guy that I was like, I felt any emotional, strong emotional attachment to. Like I, okay. it was either just like, you know, let's go for it on that pogo stick.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. it, it was like a perfunctory animalistic sort of planet earth situation. hundred
0: percent. Like it never okay. felt like close to me. So I was just like, this is a sexual, purely sexual thing. And like, I've never, I've never developed those feelings mm-hmm. that, you know, whatever. So, but I was... I had met this guy, and he was a recently divorced man, so, like going through some stuff and fine, right? <laughs> so the first time we tried to sleep together, his like his his penis wasn't working, oh, so okay, so he knew how to do other things, which was great. I was just like, I'm like fantastic you're doing you're doing your job fantastic. It's fine. It's like everyone's happy here. Like don't feel bad about this. Like I know that it's a normal thing and you're obviously heartbroken about your marriage breaking up. Like it's not a big deal at all. Right. Mm -hmm. I was just like, fine, that's great. Uh, and the next time it happened, cause we hooked up again, mm-hmm. uh, it happened again. I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. Cause he's like really good at giving oral sex. So it's fine. Like yeah, everyone's working bothered. out here. Yeah. We're not trying to date each other or anything like that. We're just trying to get off basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's fine. Everyone's happy. And then like the third time that this went down, <laughs> The third time this happened, uh, he was getting really frustrated with himself because Mm -hmm. it was the third time I think he wanted to prove himself uh, because these had these times had like happened like in a very spread out period, basically. So
1: this was a pretty like consistent situation. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't like a one off. It was like we'd have sex and then like a year would elapse and like we'd do it again. And then like, yeah. And then whatever. So at the end of it all, (laughs) this is like the end of my like. Journey of figuring out who I am as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're, we're having sex and then he uh, is frustrated with himself and he's, like, trying to, like, arouse – like get hard basically sorry yeah. i feel like weird talking about it now that i'm like just <laughs> <laughs> i haven't had sex with guys in so long that i'm like i feel uncomfortable just even talking about it. it feels like another person if
1: you want you can use like a weird extended metaphor to talk about this
0: yes okay. so um uh, that. that
1: sounds pervier to be honest so it's fine.
0: patricia was having sex with this guy <laughs> and okay. um yeah. he he Yeah, he basically, he was jacking himself off, trying to get hard. Mm -hmm. And then he got so frustrated that he looked at me and he was like, or he looked at Patricia and he he was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, this is your job. And I was like, And
1: you were like, I retire.
0: Yeah, Patricia was like, what? Are you serious? Did you just say that to me? And then he immediately noticed what he had said. And like, I basically got out of there like a bat out of hell. I was like, you are just a trash human being. If you are going to honestly blame your physiology on me. Oh my God. Like, look at this. I'm fashionable. Okay.
1: Hello. Do you see that too? Do you see that dark lip?
0: Well, I wasn't even wearing a toque. (laughs) I had my hair done. I was still like living my semi-straight life. I was like, I got to present. Well, like, I still present well. I'm just like, I was like living the straight, (laughs) straight um, norms or whatever. I see.
1: And he just so he, he he couldn't do it. Then he blamed you. Yeah. And then you were like, but I'm out of here. And by out of here, I mean, out of your gender for a while. Yes. 100%.
0: I'm like, I need a break. I need a break. Do you know what?
1: I, I felt bad about you blaming him until we got to that line. And now I think he deserves not only your blame, but you should name drop. Just kidding. Just
0: kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Although he's like the best name that you would hate.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. But he's not, it's, it's not, you're not dropping a celebrity name. Anymore. No, 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 no. And no. his name was Ben Affleck. <laughs> Might as
0: well have been Ben Affleck.
1: <laughs> My, well, you know, what, for the purposes of our show, we'll say Ben Affleck made you queer. So there we go. To recap, it sounds like... If I have this right, um, I would say psychotherapy as a whole, but specifically that one therapist is number one. Number two is Mm -hmm. Alison Bechdel's Fun Home, Mm -hmm. which everyone should read. Number three is ben affleck uh and his flaccid penis
0: yeah (laughs) ben affleck's flaccid penis should be the title of this episode and (laughs) the title
1: of our true crime duo show we've got it all now
0: we did it we came full circle
1: we've came full circle (laughs) uh i hope you feel cleansed through the blame because i wasn't even involved and i feel cleansed I'm so this ritualistic.
0: Yeah, this feels great. Like uh, to be able to release that um, that blame and shift it onto somebody else uh, who's hopefully listening and internalizing uh, everything I said and feeling, you know, I feel like taking on some of that uh, trauma. Is it trauma? It's not trauma anymore because I've already worked through it. Well, it's not. Taking your some of that, yeah not anymore
1: not anymore well well you know what listen i uh if this podcast accomplishes one thing i hope it can be a vehicle for your dirty laundry Ariane. Woo! <laughs> Woo! and on that note before i let you go would you like to play a game sure great
0: i love games
1: oh my I'm god scared, good answer don't I'm, be
0: scared i'm excited
1: this yeah. game is called <laughs> queer queerer queerist okay the rules are very simple all right i'm going to give you three things you have to put these things in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why <laughs> this is Any great questions
0: uh no let's let's start let's, let's dive right in
1: okay thing number one that little noise that cindy Lauper makes and girls just want to have fun right before the verse <laughs> do you know that noise
0: uh, girls yeah
1: it's like right? when she goes like oh. what yeah her little like cindy Lauper pop
0: oh my goodness i'm gonna have to replay that
1: song it's almost like a tongue pop but with her voice
0: i do okay so obviously i'm not um i know that song but i don't i'm not a, a...
1: regardless <laughs> number two is proprietary birthday songs mm-hmm. like if you go to outback steakhouse or the mandarin and they have like a patented song they sing for your birthday yeah thing number three Olive oil. Do you know from Popeye? Not not the um the condiment. So either the cartoon version or the version played by Shelley Duvall in the live action movie with Robin Williams.
0: Let me see the picture because I'm I haven't seen Shelley Duvall in quite a while. You're a loss. Holy yeah. Oh my goodness, intense. We've
1: got a, a slicked back, tight pony. That is
0: very toit. That's like CEO toit. Yeah. Yes. Um. Oh my goodness! I okay. So I'm gonna go and say that proprietary birthday songs, while super gay, I think that they are the least gay of these. Okay, I I don't know how to explain it. It's
1: just go with your gay gut.
0: I don't know why I'm putting it in this place. Like all of these could like literally just be the sa- the same level of <laughs> of gay um, to me. But I just feel like. There's nothing that is like inherently like queer about proprietary birthday songs. It's just like a – whoa okay, right <laughs> it's like a personalized <laughs> thing which i guess like could make it queer it's just like those little details it's like that's good for you it's fine it's, it's just yeah
1: it's like oh one of your shifts was a choreography rehearsal yeah. and a vocal <laughs> rehearsal to learn this song and you work at outback steakhouse at you.
0: work it out yeah it's true it's yeah. ju- it's so random now that you bring it up like i've, I've never thought about it it's so weird because
1: they had to rehearse that yeah but they're like jerry watch the cutoffs and
0: for sure a queer person brought it up yeah
1: for sure yeah and i wonder who writes those like are they is it an agency
0: exactly and like yeah, someone was just like wanted an excuse to choreograph
1: something one of the theater girls who's yeah 100
0: <laughs> so that's the reason why it's gay uh number two on my list is this Shelley Duvall olive oil look because I feel like this is how power lesbians look Ooh. or sh- like can look. I-, I feel like, man, I want to be rocking that like slicked back hair, tight ponytail look. I don't know. I think I could do
1: it. It's a statement. It's a
0: statement, you know?
1: You could pull it off and I I almost demand that you do.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to get that bone structure though. Um <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I- I definitely have some, still have some COVID weight on. Um, so, not going to be rocking those, uh, that silhouette anytime soon.
1: Olive oil's body type, not really known for its curves.
0: Honestly, it's quite alien. Yeah. Uh, like, I think that's how she made her money, is just having a very specific body type, which is totally fine. Like, some people are just mad skinny, and and like they can't do anything about it.
1: Olive oil can. Yeah. Plus, po- she needs to leave room for Popeye. That that guy is all curves.
0: He's so curvy. He's a tick boy. Oh, no. He's a tick boy. Oof. Um. So yeah. So I'm gonna put that in number two spot. Okay. And then Cindy Loppers pop at the beginning of the course of girls just want to have fun. I mean, first of all, that song, Girls Just Want to Have Fun, is like an anthem, mm. but also that pop is like, you you have to be truly gay to notice that <laughs> because I...
1: I feel seen. Yes.
0: So, like, that is incredible attention to detail which I you know I I expect nothing less from the guy who runs the queer podcast uh to to just take care of all the details and to notice all the details oh why thank you yeah
1: so in an already queer song that pop is like the dog whistle yeah for the, like the queerest
0: it's it is <laughs> yeah it is the cherry on top okay. it is you know oh my god yeah it's like it didn't need any more but it was just like that I can't even do it. I'm not gay enough. You, you do it very well.
1: <laughs> That's how you know when you've reached your full gay potential, when you can make that noise.
0: <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, my gosh.
1: I can't do it. You, you pop it off well. I'll practice. Okay, so to recap uh, mm-hmm. fantastic answers, least queer was proprietary birthday songs. Mm-hmm. Number two was olive oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, queerest is that... Sweet little Cindy Lauper pop.
0: Mm-hmm. You're sure right. <laughs>
1: sure right. Let me just check your score. A plus. Well ah! done. 10 out of 10. That's incredible. Um, I know. Congratulations. You are actually, in fact, a queer person.
0: I love that. And I hope that I can get my certificate in the mail sometime uh, so that I can show anybody who says that my hair is too long to be queer, which is something I get a lot.
1: That's insane. Well, we've got some mail delays because of COVID, but that will (laughs) be there I'd say, six to eight weeks. But I will send you a badge right away you can use in your LinkedIn profile area. What up? So pumped! Get it, corporate. <laughs> okay, so before I say goodbye to you, anything you want to plug?
0: Um. Okay, so I am. Uh, I- I'm doing stand up virtually, uh, sporadically. So if you want to find out anything about my performances or or anything, you can follow me on Twitter at Summer of Tong and uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Same thing, uh, same deal. I'll be posting up there. But I also host a weekly trivia virtual trivia game. It's like a game show almost uh, it's not your traditional kind of trivia i make it fun for people who hate trivia which is uh normally me i like <laughs> pop culture references i love just dancing and having a good time so if you are like that uh you can check that out mostly every thursday and uh you can check that out at qe trivia on instagram or what is qetrivia.com. That is my plug. Yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh
1: my God, yes. Yeah. So please go do that. Even if you hate trivia, go. If you love trivia, go. Um, And Summer of Tong, please follow Summer of Tong on every social media platform. And yes, I want to thank you, Ariane, because I was pretty queer when this conversation started, but you have in fact added to the pile and made me...
0: More queer. More queer, more queer,
1: more queer. Can't stop, do not <laughs> stop. Uh, so thank you so much. It was a pleasure.
0: Yay, I hope to be back again and even more queer than I am today. Bye. Queer, queer,
1: queer. Queer, queer. queer, queer, queer. queer, 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 queer. Okay, did you like that jazzy, scatty little number? Thank you, Critty. Again, lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com for more of that sweet Uh, Loose Jazz. Okay, that is our show again. If you have anything you want me, us, the You Made Me Queer umbrella to hear about, please email youmademequeer at gmail.com. We want your letters. We demand your letters. We lust for your letters. Ew. Always rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Reviews are important for us. If you've been thinking about it, now might be the time to leave one on, say, Apple Podcasts, for example, or elsewhere. I am guilty of this. There are podcasts I've listened to for more than five years that I have not rated, reviewed, or subscribed to. And do you know what? I feel bad about it, and I'm going to go do it now because I'm asking you to do it. And that is what Webster's Dictionary defines as hypocrisy. So I'll do it, and you do it. That's our pact. That's our pact. So I will see you next week. But first, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of our music, check out LavenderBruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is YouMadeMeQueer.com. Our Instagram handle and Twitter handle is at YouMadeMeQueer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. That's it. From the bottom of my Big Ben's heart, thank you for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault.